Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. Great to see you this morning. Uh, if you've got a Bible, we, we will eventually look at Acts chapter. We will eventually look at Acts chapter 13. So um, that would be good. Right, we do this four times a year. This morning, um, rather than preaching a kind of like a full sermon to you, I wanted to take the opportunity to take, um, just to kind of stop as a church and to talk about where we are now and where we are going, yeah? It's good to do that every now and then, to stop and think about where you are now and where you are going. In the past, we've kind of done these I, you, I kind of hesitate to call it a vision night, because uh, if you don't leave with a vision after this, you'll say, what's the point of that, yeah? But um, what the trouble is, if you do things in an evening, you can't really hit everyone. So this morning, there are three questions or three statements that I want to walk us through as a church. First one is this, who we are. Second one is this, where we are going. And the third thing is this, what we aspire to be, okay? Who we are, where we are going, what we aspire to be. Before I say anything else, I just want to read a scripture because all that we are and all that we talk about this morning, it's all because of Jesus, all right? We've got to remember that, okay? We can come with good ideas, good programs, talented, gifted musicians, people that can share well, youth programs that serve and disciple our kids but it's good to remember where it all comes from the root of all that we do is Jesus yeah this is what Titus 3 says the Bible says but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared he saved us not because of righteous things we have done but because of his mercy yeah we're all here this morning in the ecclesia the church because of Jesus' kindness to us. We have experienced forgiveness of sin. We've been born again. We have a hope that's not based on political systems or bank accounts or what people think about us. We have all of this is because of what Christ has done for us. All right? We are unashamedly a Jesus people. We love him. We've given our lives to him. We're following him. Let no one be any, in any doubt about what we as a church stand for. We follow a different manifesto. We follow the Jesus manifesto. Yeah. So let's keep that in mind this morning as we talk about, first of all, who we are. First of all, Life Church, this is who you are. We are, we are committed to reaching Warrington and the nations with good news. Yeah? We are committed to reaching Warrington and the nations with good news. C.S. Lewis said this. He says, The church exists for nothing else but to draw men into Christ, to make them little Christs. That's why we exist. And the amazing thing this morning is when I wrote that statement a couple of days ago to, to start with, I was kind of like, you know, because like when you put the nations in anything, it sounds amazing, doesn't it? In fact, I thought this week maybe we should change the name of our church to like 
all nations, yeah? Because it just sounds amazing. But, but as I began to reflect on it and think about it, I was like, well, Lord, we are based in Warrington, and actually I'm quite localised. Like, I will leave Warrington maybe twice a month to go down to London to watch Chelsea play. And then I will scarper back up the M6 as quickly as possible. Because I love Warrington. But the amazing thing in this morning, Life Church, is that God has brought the nations to us. Like, He has brought the nations here. Like, when we started Life Church 10 years ago, like, we were very one dimensional as a church. But now, the nations that are represented across our church are India, Nigeria, Hong Kong, Iran, Ukraine, USA, Bulgaria, Romania, South Africa, Uganda, Guyana, Trinidad, the Philippines, Australia, and Sri Lanka. How good is that? I mean, that is, yeah, oh, come on. Absolutely. It's amazing. So when I make that statement to us this morning, the first five things I'm going to say to us, I'm going to have to move a bit quicker than I am, yeah? Who we are, yeah? That's who we are. We are committed to reaching Warrington and the nations with good news. Second thing, this morning, Life Church, who we are. We are a church planting church. Now, sometimes that's something to celebrate and it's something to be excited about. But listen, it's not easy being a church planting church. It's hard work. The hard, two of the hardest things about being a church planting church, the first thing that's hard about being a church planting church is you never feel you have enough people, yeah? Because there's always jobs to be done. And the way that we overcome that as a church is by everyone recognizing they have a part to play. I believe that when we do that, then the, the, there is a joy that comes to plant in churches. So first thing is you never feel you have enough to be, do everything. But the other thing that's really tough is that when you build relationships with people, even though we're still part of one church, it just seems like you say goodbye to people all the time. You know, oh yeah, they used to come to our church, but now they're planting over there. But that's what God has called us to be. And if you don't want to plant churches, and I say this gently and respectfully this morning, really gently, like, Life Church is not the church for you, because we as a church, we are committed to planting churches. Tim Keller, who's a, a pastor in New York in America, he's a respected theologian and pastor, yeah? And this is what he says. He says, the only way to substantially and sustainably grow the body of Christ in a city is to plant new churches, because if you don't plant new churches, what you do is what's there eventually just becomes old. And listen, one day we will become old. And we need to make sure that we are invested in those who are younger than us in order that we don't become old as a church. And a way that you can combat that is by planting churches. As a church together, you have planted churches in 2013. 2015, 2017, 2018, and you planted a church in 2022, this year. And uh, so we're not going to plant churches for two years now. We're having a break because we understand that what is here needs to become stronger. It's strong already, but it needs to become stronger. But let, let me tell you, 
I already know where we'll plant in 2024. Okay, because the time will come where we need to plant again. And in my humble opinion, I think when a church gets over 100, it loses, it loses that dynamic of family. And, um, you know, we need to be challenged about that. Okay, third thing, I'm going to move through these a bit quicker now. Third thing is we are a priesthood of all believers. That's what we believe. What that means is we believe that everyone has a job to play. There's no audience, there's no subs bench at Life Church. If Life Church is your church, you need to be finding out what it is that the Lord wants you to do. Because, as a priesthood of all believers, first thing is this you can hear God as much as the preacher at the front. That's what we believe. We believe that's what the Bible teaches us. Second thing is that you have the gifts that this church needs in order for the church to bring the kingdom of God into our town of Warrington. We are a priesthood of all believers. Fourthly, we are a family. That's very important. It's really important to me and the other leaders at church that everyone in our church is known and seen. And the way that we do that is by just making sure that our churches don't really grow much beyond 100, 150 people. In my opinion, it's better to have a ch two churches of 75 people than to have one church with 150 people in it. Because once you get past 100 people, people get missed and people just sit and they're not seen and they're not known. In a family, everyone brings a contribution. In a family, everyone is loved. In a family, everyone belongs. And the, fine, the, the family dynamic can be lost when we grow too big. So Life Church, what are we now? We are a family. The final thing this morning, Life Church, in terms of who we are, we are generous. And I say that to compliment you. You are a generous church. Discipleship <clears throat> takes generosity. It, it, it takes generosity of taking your time, your precious time, and choosing it to spend with other Christians in order that they develop and they grow in their faith. It takes generosity to be part of the love, love, uh, love Your Neighbor ministries that we've talked about this morning. It takes generosity to grow relationship. Okay, We are a generous church. We can be more generous, but I'm talking about being generous with who we are. This is what Proverbs 11 verse 24 says. It says, the world of the generous gets bigger and bigger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And uh, Life Church, when, whenever we see generosity of spirit around our church, we need to celebrate it and affirm it and thank God for it. So that's who we are. That's who we are now. Second thing, where are we going? It's a good thing to ask ourselves where are we going what is new what is next on Friday morning 15 of us met, met to pray at our Bethel building Dave Aikerman led us through a prayer meeting and what he did he asked us to write on the board things that were in our future that we could pray for as a church and I was really encouraged he talked about Habakkuk chapter 2 where God speaks to Habakkuk and he says to him write down the vision and make it plain. So what we did is we wrote on the board kind of the things that we felt God was saying to us about what we wanted to see happen 
in our church over the next period of time. And here were some of the things that um, were written on the board. Words, fear not, boldness, signs and wonders, healing and restoration, dry bones live, influence business in our town, life church is an ark, salvation, life church is a hospital for the broken and lost, we are a beacon for the community, we are a community of worshippers. That's what it said. So what? So where are we going? The first thing is this, Life Church. We are going to continue to be the church every day. That's where we're going. Sometimes you can have so much vision that actually you're confused about where you're going. All right? You don't need to be confused this morning. Where are we going? We are going to continue to be the church every day. We're going to do the things that we're already doing because that's what God has called us to do. In our town centre every Friday, there's something called street church that happens. That's going to continue happening every Friday because that's what God has called us to be doing and that's where we're going now. In fact, as you look at the book of Acts, there was a lot of street church that happened and the Lord is speaking to us about that through Graham and Elizabeth and that team. In Latchford, we have a community house at 2 Richmond Avenue and what... You know, what are we going to continue to do? We're going to continue to meet in that space for that to be a missional footprint in this community. In our Lim Church, we want to develop new leaders. We want to grow in local influence. In our West Church, we want to be a beacon of light. We want to have a growing local influence. In our Cinnamon Brow Church, a church that's been planted at the invitation of the head teacher there. We want to be a church at the heart of that school in Cinnamon Brow. And Orford, Orford is going to be a house of prayer for all nations. Because even in that small community, like last week, I think there were six nations represented. That's what we are going to continue to do. We're going to be the church. Second thing is we're going to use the gospel to tell others. This Christmas presents a great opportunity for us as a church to share the greatest news. The Christmas story is the gospel story. And so we're saying to all of our leaders in our different locations, this is a great opportunity for you to share good news with your community. So this Christmas, there will be clear opportunity for you and me to invite people to hear the gospel. Third thing, we're going to get better. What do I mean by that? In February 23, what we're going to do over three weeks in each of our locations is we're going to go through a course in how to share Jesus with others. We're going to to learn how to share good news. Uh, We're going to walk through something together. And all of us are just going to skill up on ways in which we can win one next year. For Jesus, yeah, each one of us to have that spirit of each one to win one. Fourth thing, we're going to gather in unity. So on Sunday, the 26th of March, J. John is coming to our town. And uh, J. John is an Anglican canon who's an evangelist. And we've hired the Par Hall and uh, it can see a thousand people. And what's going to happen is that people from across the town of Warrington. The churches, we're going to come together and we are going to have 
a, a service really declaring our unity as the church across Warrington. Because Jesus says that, Jesus, well, the psalmist says that where there's unity, God commands a blessing. And Jesus in John 17, he says that as the church is seen as being one, that will be a witness to the world. So in March next year, we believe that that Sunday is going to be a springboard for the church across Warrington to step into mission together because, and this brings me on to the final one, number five, we are going to saturate this town with the gospel. The way that we're going to do that is there are 90,000 households in Warrington. 90,000 households in Warrington. And it might be a bit ambitious, but I believe that the church across Warrington, including Life Church, I believe that we can put a piece of literature into every home in our town that does three things. It tells them that Jesus loves them, it gives them some scripture from the Bible, and it tells them that they would be welcome to visit a church near them. And in order to do that, the church needs to be mobilized. We have to put our game face on. There's some stuff for us to do. And it's not just about pushing leaflets through doors, even though that will have to happen in September 23, 90,000 times. Yeah? But I did an economics degree, and I broke it down a bit, and I worked out that what I actually need are 200 foot soldiers who will deliver... 450 leaflets each. If we can find across this town of Warrington 200 foot soldiers who will deliver 450 leaflets each, we can in the month of September put the good news physically into every home in Warrington. Now I know when you get junk mail through your letterbox, some of it goes straight in the bin. But let's just say that 1% of those people look and consider Jesus, or maybe God is speaking to them already, and he's drawing them towards himself. Like that's hundreds of people coming into the kingdom. And also, as those foot soldiers deliver those leaflets, what they will be doing is they will be praying. They'll be praying for that street, you know. Strongholds will be broken. The kingdom of God will come. God will hear the prayers of his people, and he'll respond and also, as we're walking, as we're delivering our 450 leaflets, what will happen is I believe that God will speak to us and he will give us opportunities for us to share Jesus with others. So that's where we're going. We're going to continue to be the church every day. We're going to use the gospel this Christmas to tell others. We're going to get better at sharing Jesus. We're going to gather in unity in March with J. John and the church across Warrington. And we're going to saturate this town with the gospel in September 23. As well as that, there'll be other things like Alpha courses, um, exploring Christianity courses, parenting courses, marriage courses. We have a year, Life Church, to get ready. And it's not just going to be us. Like There's going to be churches across our town doing this. But I want us as a church to see this as an opportunity to step forward into what God wants us to do. And um, we're excited about that. If you have a Bible, if you look at Acts chapter 13, 
Acts chapter 13, there are just three verses that I want to read to you this morning. I want to talk to you about now, finally, what we will be, what we aspire to be. It's a high bar when you start reading scripture and looking at a church in scripture and just saying, well, Lord, that is what we want to be. That's what we want to become. But I believe that these, the stories in the book of Acts were put there because God wanted us to see what the church can be. And in Acts chapter 13, the Bible describes the church in a place called Antioch. Antioch's in Turkey. And um, in Acts chapter 13, what we see is that the church begins to move out from where it was and it starts to do some things that are quite radical. The Antioch church is first mentioned in Acts chapter 11 and the Antioch church was birthed out of, do you remember in um, Acts chapter 7 there's the stoning of Stephen, yeah, the first martyr, that happens in Jerusalem about a year after Pentecost, yeah, so that stoning happens, what happens is, the, what happens at that time is the church is scattered because people are persecuted and so as, as the church leaves Jerusalem, what happens is that some of the Christians, they end up in Antioch. And while they're in Antioch, a new church is planted and a new church is grown. And we see in Acts chapter 11 that Paul and Barnabas, they spend some time with the church in Antioch, teaching them the scriptures. The main crux I want to say to us this afternoon, like this might be not so succinct, yeah, but I'm just going to get this over to you now. We talk about being an Acts 2.42 church, yeah? And that's good. But dare I say that I believe that over these next years, the Lord wants to mature us from being simply an Acts 2.42 church. But I say that gently. Because the Acts 42 church, they taught the teachings of Jesus. They broke bread. They enjoyed fellowship. They prayed. Like, they were a radical church. Don't get me wrong. They were radical. But what you see in Acts 13, we are reading about something that actually happened 18 years later. So you have Jesus going to heaven. You have the early Acts church. And in Acts chapter 13, 18 years have passed. And what, what, what's happened is those, those seeds, those shoots of the Jerusalem church... They have matured and they've grown and they've scattered. And now we find in Acts 13 that there is a church that is not in inward looking. They're not insular. I bet they still did do fellowship, Jesus' teaching, breaking of bread, prayer. There's no doubt that was the foundation. But there, there seems to me to have been progression in the way that they're thinking. Rather than a church being scattered because they're persecuted as they were in Acts chapter 7, when Stephen's persecution came, what we see in Acts 13 is a church not scattering because they're persecuted, but scattering and going because they recognized that God was calling them into something new. And so what I'm saying to us this morning, like I don't want us to be a church that simply reacts to what's going around in the world. I want us to be a church as we will see in Acts chapter 13, that actually doesn't react to the environment around us, but it reacts to what God is saying to us. 
Because if we react to what God is saying to us, then we can be reassured that we are moving forward according to his purpose and his will. Those verses in Acts chapter 13. The Bible says, Now in the church at Antioch, remember, this is 18 years on from Acts 2, yeah? Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manamim, who had been brought up with, the, with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them out. And what happened, and what happened from then onwards was that the Apostle Paul went round on three missionary journeys and he planted 20 churches. At least. He planted 20 churches himself, but then the offspring, the children and the grandchildren that came from those churches would have been scores and scores more. And it all came because there was a church in Antioch that recognised that it was their time not to react to what was going on around them, but to listen to what the voice of God was, was. So three things to finish with this morning, yeah? Okay? First thing is this. We will be, these are kind of statements of faith, all right? I'm not being presumptuous. I'm just trying to speak some things over us this morning. First thing is this, Life Church. We will be a church growing in maturity. We will be a church growing in maturity. From the seeds of Acts chapter 2, we see a maturing church in Antioch, in Acts chapter 13. What we see is that they had not lost their passion for Jesus. 18 years had passed, but there were people in that church at Antioch that first met Jesus 18 years ago. And on the journey of following Jesus, sometimes we can just kind of forget that actually it's about Jesus, it's about loving him, it's about following him. And I would encourage you this morning... As you reflect on what we've, what's been said this morning, we'll send messages out to help you to remember what's been said this morning. Reflect on your love for Jesus, yeah? 18 years ago, many of you knew Jesus, yeah? Is there a maturity? Is, is there a growing of your faith? Is there a greater sacrifice in your life in following Jesus now than there was 18 years ago? Because what we see, we see a progression, in maturity, because they had a heart for Jesus. We see that they were happy to give. Acts 11, the church hears about Jerusalem being in need. They take an offering and they send the money. Evidence of maturity in us is that we don't just live for ourselves, but we live for those around our lives. When you have a, the rights, uh, Andy and Beth have had a baby. Zechariah, his name, isn't it? That poor lad's got to go to school with that name now. But Zechariah, or I'm sure he'll be called Zach or something like that, won't he? But um, that little one, he has to be cared for. He has to be looked after. He has to be nurtured all the time. And, um, but what will happen is that actually one day Zechariah, he will take care of his siblings. He will take care of his friends. One day Zechariah will take care of his parents. Why will he do that? He'll do that because he's maturing and he's growing. Yeah, listen, 
Immature Christians only care about themselves and they live their life for themselves. They consume church for themselves. If you look at their bank account, it's all about themselves. Everything is about them. A maturing church says, actually, it's not just about me. It's about me giving myself to those around me. And finally, we see they had a hunger to learn. Acts 11 says that Paul and Barnabas spent a year at the church in Antioch. And what they did in that year is they taught them the scriptures. They had a hunger to learn about the Bible. We will be a church growing in maturity when we do those things. Yeah, I aspire for that for us. Second thing, we will be a church giving sacrificially. Paul and Barnabas, they were sent on their way. They had a prayer meeting. There was five of them, five leaders in the church. They had a prayer meeting one Tuesday afternoon. And what happened was, at the end of the prayer meeting, they decided that out of the five, they were going to send probably their best two to go and plant churches somewhere else. That's amazing. Because they understood that in order for the kingdom of God to move forward, there had to be times where they had to give their best away in order that the kingdom of God would expand and it would grow. We will be a church giving sacrificially. And finally, jumping on the word that Graham used this morning because he used it in a leaders meeting about a month ago. We will be a church going ferociously, ferociously. Acts 13, on the back of that, churches were planted. Out of a church that was maturing, churches were planted across that region. We don't need to get on a plane or a boat to do mission. We don't need to wait till September 23. Mission is simply our assignment, what God has called us to do. And there have to be moments where we have to, there are times to rest and to chill. It's good to rest and to chill. But there are, other, there are other times in our lives where we have to be very determined and intentional and just say, well, Lord, I feel you're saying this to me, and so I'm making these changes, or I'm going after this. I'm going to do this. What we need to do, there were some words that Graham shared in our leaders' meeting. He says that we need to be fierce in faith for our family, fierce in faith for our neighbours, and fierce in faith for our town. And as we see that Antioch church in Acts 13 really being kind of ferocious and audacious in doing what God had called them into. Life Church, as I finished this morning, I believe that for us. I believe, why not? I mean, why not? Let's shoot for the sky. We've got nothing to lose. I was in hospital yesterday. I was holding the hand of a 94-year-old saint. doesn't come to our church, but she's very close to heaven and she's ready to go home. And I reflected on again like life, we don't know how many years we have until we go home to be with Jesus. There's a sense of confidence we have in the gospel. The Bible says he's prepared a place for us, yeah? Our, our confidence in the gospel isn't what, in what we do, it's, but it's in what Christ has done for us. So I am eternally confident in where I am going. But at the moment, I'm here, and I don't know how much time I have left. But I want to be someone that knows what it is to spend my life on Jesus. To spend my life on doing what God has called us to do. And I can expect nothing less for us as a church than to spend ourselves on doing what God calls us into. And it's not that we all become church planters. In fact, you're already church planters, a lot of you, yeah? If you come to this church, you are a church planter. But 
For, for many of you, it's your ministry in the classroom, in the university, in the workplace. It's your ministry as a husband or as a wife. It's, it's your ministry as a mother or a father, as a, as a grandfather. We understand this morning that what, calls, what God calls us into is not a job title. It's just simply being a disciple of Jesus where God has called us to be. And I suppose what I'm saying to us this morning, Life Church, as the bride of Christ, we are all in. And there is no place for apathy. There is no place for half-heartedness or divided hearts. There's no place for it because there's too much at stake. And God has called us into his kingdom for such a time as, as this. So I've talked about who we are. I've talked about where we're going and I've talked about what I believe God wants us to, to become. And uh, this morning, as we finish our time together, I trust there's a sense of faith in your heart that you feel, well, Lord, I'm listening to what you have to say to me. I'm listening. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to respond to those opportunities that you will lay before me in order that I can be all that you've called me to be. Let's just stand together, shall we, as we finish this morning. Good, as we finish this morning, why don't you just let something go on between you and the Lord? Just say to the, maybe say to the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want to say to me through all of that that's been said this morning? Yeah, Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. We just invite you to speak to us in this moment. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.